Hey y'all, welcome to episode 48 of EcoChic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura. I'm really excited to have you here. If you're a new listener, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, I'm really happy to have you back. If you like this episode, make sure that you leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. You can listen to us on any podcast listening platform. I usually say rate us wherever you listen to your podcast because you can find EcoChic on Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever but it's recently come to my attention that you can actually only leave a review on iTunes. So if you're listening in the podcast app, it's really easy to do that while you're listening to this episode. I wanna get into today's episode kinda quickly because it's gonna be a really interesting conversation that I'm almost a little bit nervous to have. We're talking today about sexual wellness and the environmental impacts of the products that you are choosing. So broadly, we're talking about condoms, we're talking about lubricant, and we're talking about vibrators really briefly. We're talking about other things in between and the environmental impacts that go along with all of those things. But I think that this will be a really interesting conversation because it's almost like a little bit of a taboo subject. I feel like in my everyday life, people are not coming up to me and telling me how excited they are about their new vegan condom brand that they just found. So I wanna have a really open conversation today, but with that, I do wanna make some disclaimers. I am not a medical professional. I do wanna make that super clear. I am gonna be talking about the environmental impacts of these things. So I'm not saying that one brand of product is better than the other, or one is like a healthier choice than the other, things of the sort. So just to like put that out there, If you didn't know, I actually have a master's degree in climate science and solutions. So again, not a health professional, not like a sexual wellness professional or anything like that. And the other thing that I wanna do is that today we are discussing a lot of different products on this episode. So this episode is in no way like sponsored or affiliated with any large product brands, but I will go ahead and leave links to everything that I discuss down below so that you can find it easily either on a product's website, like a brand website, or a lot of things I can also find on Amazon, which typically is a lot easier in terms of like shipping and payment, things of the sort. So I will have a lot of links in the show notes tonight. If I can find any coupon codes or affiliate codes or anything like that, I'll go ahead and list those in the show notes as well. Um, But as of right now, I just want to put that out there that nothing is being sponsored. I'm not like talking about anything too specifically for a particular reason. Everything that I'm presenting today is like purely educational information. And on that note, I also want to say that because a lot of this is new information in the sexual wellness space for a lot of us, I am excited to be able to do a giveaway today. So I will be putting that up on my Instagram page at Podcast, and that will go up to this afternoon. So this podcast is coming out on Tuesday. I'm really excited to be able to do that because a lot of these products are just like for you to live a healthier lifestyle, for you to lighten your environmental footprint. There's a lot of reasons to switch over. So I just want to give someone the opportunity to try out a new product that I'm going to mention today. And also on that note, I do want to say I normally like to answer a question at the end of every episode of EcoChic. So something that I've received via DM or email or in real life or whatever it may be. And instead of an end of the episode question this week, I asked on my personal and the podcast Instagram pages for questions for the episode. So instead of an end of episode question, I've compiled a few questions that I'm gonna go ahead and just like sprinkle throughout the episode. So um, I guess keep an ear out for your name if you were someone who submitted a question. A lot of them were duplicate questions and a lot of them were things that I was already hoping to touch on. So I'm excited that this is all content that you're really like interested in learning about because I'm really excited to be talking about it. Today's episode of EcoChic is brought to you by the Kinder Beauty Box. Kinder is a monthly subscription service of clean, sustainable, cruelty-free, 
products coming straight to your door, skincare, hair care, makeup. I'm really excited to be bringing this to y'all because we talk a lot about clean skincare and clean beauty here on the podcast. And this is a really great way to introduce yourself to new clean, vegan, cruelty-free brands in all of that personal care space. So if you're interested, kinderbeauty.com, use the code ECOCHIC and you will get a fun bonus surprise in your first box. All right, so let's just like get right into it. Let's start talking about condoms. I said earlier, I'm not a medical professional, but I do wanna take this opportunity to just throw my two cents out there. 48% of millennials say that they quote, never or rarely use condoms during casual sex. And I am a very big advocate that we need to make condoms cool again. And it's even cooler if you're thinking about the environmental impacts of those condoms. So historically, condoms were made from like whatever was available. So fish guts, lamb intestines, beef intestines, linen products, things of the sort. So let's think about ancient Egyptians. Let's think about the Romans. Let's think about the ancient Japanese. Condoms as we know them today are a relatively modern product, a relatively modern invention. So what do they look like now? Condoms are still a lot of the time made from lamb intestines, but you are also using now polyurethane, natural rubbers, and synthetic rubbers called polyisoprene, and those are all just different types of materials going into making your stereotypical mainstream condom. So my friend Will asked, is rubber even sustainable? So actually, in theory, rubber is sustainable. In theory, it is a renewable resource because it is a plant byproduct. But the trick to the word sustainable is in the harvesting of that rubber. So as of right now, 2019, the first step in creating a latex condom is just to go to a rubber plantation. So a rubber tree plantation, like I said, these are all plant byproducts and rubber does come from trees. So you go to a rubber tree plantation and actually tapping for rubber is very similar to tapping for like maple syrup. And this is the same raw material that eventually gets made into things like footballs and gloves, um, baby bottles, balloons, things like that. Everything that you can think of as a stereotypical like rubbery type product. All of that comes from rubber trees. A lot of these plantations are in Southern Asia. So if that gives you some perspective on like the carbon footprint of your condoms, at the end of the day, a lot of these products all come from South Asia rubber tree farms. So that initial tapping, again, very similar to maple syrup, it's a liquid, a liquid that often goes from the plantation to be processed and packaged, and then eventually just travels to a larger factory where it can be made into different products like condoms or all of those things I mentioned before. And actually, I found this really cool NPR article that breaks it down a little bit further. If you're interested, I'll link it in the show notes. But it's actually estimated that one rubber tree can produce enough rubber to make 100,000 condoms, which is really, really impressive and pretty sustainable if you think about that kind of yield. So because condoms come from a tree, you might assume that they're biodegradable, but actually they're not. So because they are being processed, and all natural latex is biodegradable. Latex condoms are not made from 100% totally pure natural rubber. And for that reason, condoms need to go to a landfill. So rubber plantations are very much a factory sort of system, just like you think of any less developed country where there are crop yields. Rubber is an agricultural product, so there are a lot of issues surrounding that. So I would like to talk briefly about fair trade and what it means for a condom or any other product to be fair trade certified. They are slightly more expensive because there's an additional cost that goes back into the community. So from tree to packaging, it's all human labor. So making a condom on a plantation, just very similar to coffee. We had a coffee episode um, at the very beginning of Eco Chic about a year ago, and we talked about fair trade there as well. But about 25 extra cents for every pound of rubber 
will be additionally going towards better housing and education and increased access to electricity and clean drinking water and healthcare and all of those things for plantation workers. So purchasing products, not just condoms, but any product that is fair trade certified is a really powerful vote to make with your dollars. So totally yikes, there's a big environmental impact, but why should you care about condoms? So actually, the vagina is one of the most absorbent parts of the body. So there's a lot of buzz right now when it comes to tampons that are organic cotton, tampons that aren't bleached. We should be putting that same sort of health emphasis on condoms. So that's where you wanna start looking into your non-GMO vegan condoms. So let's talk about vegan condoms. Condoms are actually sometimes processed using milk protein casein. And there are other condoms that, again, like we said earlier, are made from lamb intestines. They have that built into them. So there are a lot of vegan condoms now widely available. So Glide, G-L-Y-D-E, was one of the first really big established companies in the vegan condom sphere. They are certified vegan and they are fair trade certified. Durex also makes condoms that are non-latex. My friend Logan asked about non-latex condoms. So they have a whole line, and I believe that these are actually sometimes available just like at big name stores like Target. I think I've seen them there. I found this article from New York Magazine a couple years ago that actually listed a brand called Unique Plus as the best non-latex vegan condom brand if you are also in that boat of being allergic to latex but still wanting to do your part when it comes to your environment and your health. Sustain is a brand that actually first opened my eyes to the idea of natural vegan condoms. And these are the condoms that we will be giving away on this episode of Eco Chic on Instagram, like I mentioned earlier. So Sustain was the first brand to like really make me personally aware of this issue. And they have one designated rubber farm in Southern Asia. They're a B Corps, they're fair trade certified, non-GMO, vegan, all of that good stuff. And they also make really cool women's health products that are very similarly healthy for the environment and for yourself, like tampons and menstrual cups. I feel like Sustain can be credited with a lot of the buzz going on right now around vegan condoms, around eco-sexual wellness, because they do have like really cool packaging and they're big on marketing and they're like very heavily targeting millennials. So if you're interested in Sustain, they do have a great website where there's always discount codes floating around. Um, But again, like I will also link their Amazon below if that's easier for you, because I find that shipping is a little bit difficult through their website, but really whatever works for you, they'll both be linked down below. So let's talk about vegan condoms and performance. My friend Emerald asked, how do they perform in comparison to mainstream condoms? And actually they're held to the same national regulations as mainstream condom brands. So not just Sustain, but all of these vegan condom brands that I'm mentioning today. So they perform just as well, if not better, as mainstream condom brands. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about lube. What is lube? Lube is actually usually petroleum based. So what is petroleum? Petroleum is naturally occurring a yellowy black liquid and you get that from oil drilling. Petroleum is refined and you get things like gasoline and kerosene and diesel oil. So all of that comes from the same place. So yes, petroleum based lube is probably very similar to petroleum jelly or something like a Vaseline or things like that. But just know that that petroleum is actually all coming from oil drilling. My friend Alex asked about lube and can it be sustainable? So I think that this is a really great question to answer as we have just broken down what lube actually is most of the time. It's just refined petroleum, but there are a lot of different brands that are coming out with personal lubricants that are more plant-based. So I mentioned the brand Sustain earlier. They make a personal lubricant that uses aloe instead of petroleum as the base. And this is actually really helpful in avoiding things like bacterial vaginosis, which is an infection that can make women more susceptible to STIs. 
A brand that's getting a lot of attention right now for their organic lube is Woo More Play. So if you read or listen to The Skinny Confidential, it's a podcast that I really love and a blog, they started a virgin coconut oil based lube. So coconut oil is of course free from chemicals and fatty acids are actually really helpful in killing bacteria and germs. So it is a health benefit. And Woo More Play only has four ingredients. It is virgin coconut oil, vanilla essence, beeswax, which is for grip and stevia, which is just a sweetness. Um, I do have a code for that, I believe, and I'll put that in the show notes. And a third personal lubricant brand that I have heard really great things about, which is also aloe-based, is a brand called Good Clean Love. They make an organic aloe-based lubricant. It's 95% aloe, and it's called the Almost Naked Personal Lubricant, and I'll go ahead and link that on Amazon. Lastly, I want to really briefly touch on the topic of vibrators. I don't have a whole lot of information about sex toys, um, but if you are interested in learning more about that, I will go ahead and link an article from sexwithemily.com. And Sex with Emily is a really great sexual wellness podcast. If you're interested in learning more about sex from like a very educational perspective, Sex with Emily is a really great resource. She has like 100,000 episodes. It's insane. But anyway, I want to talk about vibrators because two different people asked about sustainable vibrators and if that's even a thing. So actually, a lot of people have sent me information about the Gaia vibrator, G-A-I-A, and it is a totally biodegradable vibrator, which I think is really interesting because it's usually a plastic product. A lot of petroleum-based chemicals go into sex toys and, I mean, really just any products in our lives. Think about it that way. You can just extend that knowledge base that a lot of our products are petroleum-based plastics. So the Gaia vibrator is totally, totally biodegradable. So that's awesome to think about its end of life. So lastly, my friend Maddie asked about charging versus batteries. Is it better to buy a vibrator that is rechargeable versus one that is battery operated? In terms of energy, they are about equal. Neither kind of vibrator is better for your energy bill per se, but the pro with a rechargeable vibrator is that you don't have to think about disposing of those batteries as designated e-waste. So I think that's a really powerful thing. Maybe we don't think about batteries all the time, but they can't go in your regular trash. They can't go regular landfill. They have to be processed separately. So I would say that a rechargeable vibrator would be the way to go. That is it for today's episode of Eco Chic. It was a quick one. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you learned a little bit of something. So if you enjoyed this episode, again, don't forget to rate and review and also don't forget to enter the giveaway for sustained condoms over on Eco Chic Podcast Instagram page. I'm really excited to be able to give someone the opportunity to try out some of these products. And like I said earlier, I'm not a health professional, but I do really encourage you to think a little bit deeply and more mindfully about all the products you're bringing into your life. Really nothing operates outside of climate change, like not even our sex lives. So I encourage y'all to just think a little bit deeper when it's time to buy a new box of condoms, when it's time to buy a new bottle of lube, when it's time to buy anything really in your life because nothing operates in a vacuum and we're all like pretty intimately connected to the environment whether we realize it or not. So with that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to talking to you guys on Thursday. Oh my God, next Tuesday is gonna be episode 50 and I'm like really, really excited. But I hope you guys have a really great day. Make sure that you like subscribe, tell all your friends, keep sharing it on your stories. I love getting feedback from y'all. I enjoyed so much all the nice things that you guys had to say about last week's episode. And as always, I hope you have a really great day.